As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stocked the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, several stand out for their cardio health support, cardio triplex, clinical cardio six, natokinase, and ubiquinol. Each of these products takes its own unique approach to cellular energy production, maintaining normal blood fluidity, healthy immune response to normal biological stress, and maintaining blood pressure already within the healthy range. They're available from healthcare practitioners, and they're available to you at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin, who's our nutritionist in residence. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. Keep sending those questions because they are the grist for the mill for our weekly podcast wherein we answer all manner of questions. And we got a good one here. Yes, yes. What do you think of the Kaufman Protocol, why we age and how to stop it? So how do you spell it? Kauf- K- K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. Okay. Sandra Kaufman. Yeah. Who's a pediatrician, but she got into anti-aging medicine. Okay. And she details in her book the biological mechanisms of aging and what we could do to stop it. Oh, great. And I mean, she looks maybe, at... Do you think she's a candidate for an interview? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And it was recommended, actually, by Karen that you might consider interviewing her. Okay. Life Extension interviewed her a while back. And okay. just to go over a little bit of what her book is about, the book is not about diet or exercise. It's about the mechanics of aging. And that aging consists of seven categories of things that happen to our cells. Okay, so she breaks it down. She breaks it down. What happens to our DNA, our mitochondrial function, our sirtuins, our telomere lengths, uh, inflammatory issues, incomplete waste management. And then she rates every anti-aging agent she's identified, like resveratrol, tyrosilbine, uh, carnosine, she rates it on how well, she gives it a Kaufman rating score. To Talk each about of the branding. seven criteria? To, to each of, yeah, each of these particular okay. agents okay. in terms of their effectiveness okay. in dealing with these seven mechanics okay. of aging. Great. And that's basically what she talks about okay. in her book. She also brings metformin into the conversation, and she was asked by Life Extension about why you use metformin. It's being used for anti-cancer, right. and all of that kind of thing, and why, why mitochondria is important, and why we call these little powerhouse stations a necessary evil, because our mitochondria are also the cause of death, us breathing, oxidation, right. all of that is also the cause of death as we age. Right. And she talks about all of these things. So... So her protocols are designed to avoid diseases, to help avoid diseases with these anti-aging particular so in, nutrients. And what are some of the favorite nu- nutrients that she talks about? Carnosine. Carnosine. She talks about carnosine as carnosine, a right? Uh, tyrosilbine, which is resveratrol. from uh, tyrosilbine is from what? Blueberries. Yes. Right. Yes. 
and about mitochondria, how to keep our mitochondria talk functioning. About, uh, nicotinamide riboside, or do you have enough information? It's in? not in this particular uh, what review. I pulled up here. It's, it's not in this in, in this review. Okay. But she says the best agents I found are sulforaphanes. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Astragalus. Okay. And as I mentioned earlier, metformin. Okay. So yeah, we we'd agree with all this. Yeah. Might be worth an interview here. No, it sounds like an interesting potential guest. So mm-hmm. let's get the four one one on where she is. Yeah. And we'll uh, mm-hmm. invite her to talk about it. Yeah. Karen, thanks Thanks for bringing this to our attention. Terrific. Yeah. Okay. okay so let's talk about let's talk about that the proposition in general of anti-aging. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because uh, this is a controversial proposition. On the one hand, there are people who say that we that we can treat uh, aging like a disease. Yes. And we can unlock, you know, just like we could conquer Alzheimer's, we could or cancer, we can conquer aging. Yeah. Um, and the answer may not come from like one miracle drug, but you know, maybe the way we're now managing HIV, you know, holding it at bay with a combo, you know, yeah. like a cocktail of things. Right. And so um, there are other people who say that the problem is too complex and that aging is too inherent uh, a natural process hmm. and that by it, it, it will, it's, it's so predetermined that we may do some life extension, maybe 10% or something like that, but they're just limits. Yeah. A built-in limits to... You need to go we, into cryo status or something yeah, to right. stop everything. <laughs> right, you know, or you need to eat uh, 30% of calories for the oh. rest of your life. You oh, know? my. And You'll just be miserable. You don't. You won't want to live that long. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, it's the You're old joke. It's hungry. like, Doc, will I live longer? And the answer is... Maybe, but it'll certainly seem longer. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It'll be tedious. It'll be tedious. Right, right. right. Uh, so, you know, um, and I am, um, I'm sort of in the middle on this, is that I think that there are some things that we can use to um, prevent debilitation yeah. and slow deterioration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there may be breakthrough compounds out there that we can utilize. There's even this talk of using young blood. Oh, my. Isn't that a song? No. Young blood? No. Yeah, Is it? Yeah. Young blood. I, I think. Don't know. Well, there was a group called the Young Bloods. But, mm-hmm. um, okay. <laughs> way back when. Uh-huh. But there, so the idea of like yeah. vampire blood. Wow. You know, but actually it's... So getting a transfusion from what? A kid or get, get a teenager? Getting a transfusion from a healthy 20-year-old. Oh, my. But... Uh, the um, the way it's going to work is that it probably is not just any old 20-year-old and just take their blood. It may be some sub-fractions of their blood. They're actually working on this. There was some interesting work on Alzheimer's using a sub-fraction of blood that's infused uh, in patients with Alzheimer's. Very small trial. There was no control group, but it actually showed a virtual halt to progression in Alzheimer's disease from a blood fraction, something wow. from the blood. So, wow. you know, I think we're going to make progress uh, identifying mm-hmm. those things. Uh, it we, are, we are living longer. Yeah. Well... Life it, expectancy has only gone up. We're avoiding death, but also a lot of people are just really sick and dependent on a lot of drugs. That's true, And it's too. causing our medical expenses to go up. It's like life That's extension... True. 
is an expensive proposition. And so it may be that in the future, yeah. utilizing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, various medical interventions, that people will be able to extend life. But then will we be able to offer this on, under Medicare for all? Like, right. You know, I don't think so. No. Because it will take up like 90% of our gross national product. It'd be like, you know, Absolutely. life extension. So it, again, it, it. They'll have to raise the retirement age to 82. It, it may be an elitist thing. It may be like only like the super rich. Mm -hmm. Can't afford these mm -hmm. marvelous anti. There was this not very not very d democratic, really. What about that TA sixty five that was it's, mentioned? It's touted. It sort of lengthens your telomeres. That's uh, not very well scientifically vetted. I don't okay. think. Um, you know, I still think it kind of comes down to lifestyle. It you does. know, adequate sleep. You know, healthy diet, healthy microbiome, exercise, those good things. food, pure water, stress stress free life. Stress free. Control but, your reaction to but the stress. Guess, anyway. guess what? You know, I, I purposely, and I'm pretty sure you do, we take on challenges. You yeah. know, if, if at a certain age, like 65, we decided, I'm not going to do anything stressful, that's a slow death. Yeah. You know, no challenge. It's like, it's like our immune systems. It needs to be challenged a little bit so it can prime and do and, you know, ugly vegetables. The carrot that doesn't look right, that is bent or misshapen, a lot of these things don't. Right. These vegetables may have more antioxidants because they need a little more help. That little bruise in there, it challenges it to work a little harder to maintain and to stay. And Among to, the longest living organisms we're the same. are like need those a little stress. gnarly Horme trees. Hormesis. Yeah, there are these gnarly trees that sort of yeah. live at the cliffside, you know, with like a gale winds. It's like living in a completely germ-free environment. Yeah, that's not that's, that good. Uh, that's so, not so, you know, we coping with stress, dealing with stress, building resiliency, that's all good. But stress-free? Yeah. Hey, you know, one yeah. of the things that's stressful about being older is that you get medical problems and you have to not get bent out of shape by them. And also, you start noticing that you're losing a lot of... People are dropping like flies. It's a little bit like yeah. the plight of... You know, the soldier on the World War One battlefield, when they say charge, you know, the trenches in yeah. no man's land, is to the left of you a guy drops, to the right of you a guy drops, and like you're going, hmm, maybe I'm next, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the plight of, you know, people in with advanced age is like, yeah, hey, um, that's stressful. That's, that's stressful. stressful. I see the stress that my patients encounter with that. Yeah. Because they have illnesses, they have problems. They're going to survive those illnesses, but to them, it's a portent that, like, maybe this is circling the drain. Maybe yeah. this is their, you know, their end game. On that note. On that note, <laughs> let's. This is <laughs> the end game that uh, is the segue to an opportunity for one of our sponsors to share a vital message with you. Uh, hopefully, it has something to do with advancing your aging prospects. Listen up. Here goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, that's 800-982-9158, or 
or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine continuing free resource to you. And now back to our questions with Layla. What's up next? We have an email from Meyer. Hello, love your podcast. I listen every week. Thank you for the great insights. That's great to hear. Yeah, That's great to hear. thank yeah. you. I follow the Kyolic and MK7 regimen in the hopes of reducing my coronary calcium score. Meyer doesn't well, tell us what well, the score is. Hang tight. I don't think you're going to reduce it. Oh, great. Let me go on to his... Th- okay. th- great. This yeah. may answer Meyer's question. You, okay. Yeah. Recently, I read some studies which seem to conclude that it's not a good idea to remove calcium from coronary artery plaque because doing so will destabilize the plaque mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and lead to a coronary event. Right. So, okay, I get what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little mechanistic mm-hmm. the way he's looking at it. Is that yeah. the it's idea not going to go do that. Yeah, the idea being that, uh, you know, he, he's thinking of like a construction project, you know, like, like a... He's bri- thinking about plumbing. Yeah. Plumbing or maybe like a bridge renovation or something where they take away some concrete pilings around the base mm-hmm. of the bridge and it, the bridge becomes less stable. That's not the way that, um, uh, vitamin K and kaiolic eight garlic extract, and many of the things we talk about for slowing arterial plaque work, they don't flush away the calcium. Right. Not even chelation does that. Some people think it's a rotor-rooter, like blast mm. the calcium. If it did, we would get little shards of calcium lodging downstream and would cause like strokes and blood yes. clots. Yeah. So that's, it works more, uh, these things work at a, like the, a microscopic level uh, to prevent inflammation, which summons calcium to spackle the injured area. Yeah, yeah. And I think vitamin K works in seeing the already existing calcium in circulation, which, remember, calcium is also an electrolyte. It's everywhere. It's a crossing guard for calcium. To help to, to, exactly, crossing guard to the bones. Sends it to the bones, Mm -hmm. takes it, you know, shunts, shunts it away from the arteries. Right, right. So, Meyer, that's the way it works. Your Kyolic and MK7 isn't going to remove that calcium from your... The scaffolding or exactly, something. Exactly, right. exactly. So, continue taking it. It's a good idea to take, and it's recommended. Dr. Hoppen, you would recommend both Kyolic and MK7. Big time. For somebody with a calcium Big score. Big time. With yeah. a I personally, coronary plaque. personally take both. Yeah. Thank you for that very thoughtful question, Meyer. But as you can see now, that it's not as simple as plumbing to think of it that way. Yeah. All right. We have a question from Terry, Dr. Hoffman. As a supplement, is biotin safe to take daily? I read that there is little little medical evidence that taking biotin will improve or assist in thinning hair regrowth. What do you say? I, I, I agree. I don't think it does that much for hair. Hmm. Uh, biotin and... I've had people tell me, whoa, wait, really? Okay, you tell me and I'll tell you what, I, I, what I've I, seen. Go ahead. Tell me. I've had patients tell me yeah. that their hair regrowth was back, but maybe their hair was going to regrow anyway there is a, after a traumatic this, event this is or a little, anemia. There's a little waxing and waning of hair. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, people, or a thyroid people storm shed. or something. Uh, they also, when they're sick afterwards, it's sort of like the timber is weakened and falls, and then there's a regenerative period when they get healthier. Yeah. Um, is the biotin doing it? It's hard to ascertain. 
Biotin actually has demonstrably uh, helped uh, nail growth, weak nails. Yes. So it definitely does something. Um, the down is downside of taking biotin. Biotin is very safe. Mm. Biotin is not a problem in terms of massive doses of biotin. It's got a very um, uh, high threshold for toxicity and a good safety profile. What it does is it screws up blood tests. Yes. Especially thyroid blood tests. Thyroid blood tests, like yeah. the TSH, the thyroid stimulating hormone. Yeah. And we've seen that happen. We did, we did it with a patient recently. We said, you know, you have an abnormal thyroid, but you're taking a lot of biotin. Come back and recheck. Yes. Actually, it didn't seem to make a difference because the next time we checked her thyroid, it was even a little worse off the biotin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So interesting. I'm actually looking forward to seeing that patient because that patient complains of fatigue and weight gain and lethargy, and she's a candidate for, for thyroid for Thyroid medication. replacement, yeah. They just didn't want yeah. to give it to her. I've seen biotin formulations of, you know, anywhere from 500 micrograms to 2,500 micrograms. I think those are pretty safe doses. Well, there's some, there's some people that are, are taking 5 milligrams, which is 5,000 micrograms. Yes. That could be a lot over a long period of time. I don't see a problem. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you do happen to be taking a large dose of biotin, I had somebody who was taking 10 milligrams, 10,000 micrograms yes. of biotin, yep. and her thyroid was all over the place. Oh, okay. And I called her and I said, no, 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 stop taking it, have your doctor oh. retest. Everything came back to normal. Okay. So that was really something. Okay. And she just thought that was such a blessing. Yeah. Because her doctor mean, wanted to go further No, it, it doesn't mean that it's thyroid. bad for your thyroid. Right. It, 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 it doesn't blood damage test. your thyroid. Right. It interferes with the blood test. Yes, so right the after the blood test, you can go back and take the biotin mm -hmm. until the next time you get a blood test. And then, yeah. you know, 48 hours or 72 hours of being off biotin, it'll be out of your system and it won't interfere. It actually, um, even if, you know, even if you stop for like a day, it's going to be out of your bloodstream. The, I see. the main thing is that it, it, when it's in the blood, mm -hmm. it interferes with a, something called an avidin assay, yes. which is, has to do with... Uh, egg whites. Egg Raw whites. egg whites contain avidin and that could bind biotin. Also keep in mind that biotin is made in the bowel oh, as well. Okay. We make small amounts of biotin. and if via, you're, the, via the, the microbiome. Via the microbiome. And if you're a big soft-boiled egg eater where even the white is a little oh. runny and you have this frequently or some people are just taking raw it depletes, eggs it depletes it depletes biotin so no. the avidin the, the avidin which is the albumin of the of the egg white right. is binding the biotin yeah, that, and keeping it from being it absorbed used to be popular for these you know Arnold Schwarzenegger types oh, yeah, in yeah. The, and this was a thing in the 60s you know sure. raw egg raw whites. eggs or even in the original rocky movie where he downs six raw eggs before <laughs> yes. he goes for the morning run they don't do that stuff. anymore cuz oh, i think they yeah. heard of something called salmonella <laughs> yeah. you know right which is now it has to be coddled eggs when you make your caesar salad dressing by the way right. used to be a raw egg but I, not anymore true, true story i uh -huh. i, I I hope I haven't told the story before, but I went to Jacksonville once for a conference. Mm -hmm. And um, it was one of those things like between the airport and the beginning of the conference. And I was like, I checked in my hotel and I wandered off and I found this very fancy restaurant. And, uh, you know, and I said, okay, I'll have a Caesar salad, you know, mm -hmm. something abstemious, you know, not a big chow down, just a Caesar salad. So I, so the place, it's an off hour. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. This place is empty. So the waiter's done everything to do. The waiter comes to my table with this big salad and he proceeds to very ceremoniously crack eggs and starts to make a dressing, huh. you know, in front of me. 
and this is, must have been like in the 80s. Wow. And uh, I said to him, I said, excuse me, did you just break a raw egg to make salad dressing for me? He says, yeah, this is the original Caesar salad recipe. We put some anchovies in there, some spices, some vinegar. Right, but some garlic. I said, please skip the raw eggs yeah. in my Caesar salad. You know, yeah. And he was aghast, like, oh, my goodness, this guy doesn't know what a real Caesar salad is. I said, yeah. I'd rather not have the raw eggs. Except, in a, yeah. You know, I'm going to try and attend this conference and not... And not get sick. Food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, well, you know, it's like people who make their own mayonnaise. You have to realize that even when you do that, well, you're adding lemon juice to the raw egg too, which helps to cook neutralize, it yeah. to neutralize somewhat. But realize that mayonnaise does not last more than two days in your refrigerator. Yep. So you've got to use it quick, and you want to be careful, and you want to source your eggs well, carefully. It, it leads, I mean, so were yeah. organic eggs blameless? No. They're not blameless. I would I would say some people say, well, yeah. I use organic eggs. Yeah, well. Well, they're less likely maybe than mass-produced commercial eggs. Yeah. But they're still mass-produced. And they're, exactly. You know, there's just possibility of contamination. And now there's pasteurized eggs, which people will use for that kind of treatment, like making a, uh, a salad dressing okay. or, or a mayonnaise or something like that. They're, they're runny? So, pasteurized yeah. eggs are runny? Yeah, runny, pasteurized, but they're pasteurized. So. Oh. It kills any microbes. How do they pasteurize it without making know. it solidify? Yeah, it's. I've never, I've never used them. Yes. I've seen them in the yeah. market, yeah. but I never bought it and said, "What's this?" So I, I, I'll go check it out. Yeah, I'll go check it out. Okay, time so for that's something. quick question because we're on a roll quick here. Let's question. try to. Oh, okay. This comes from Michael. Hi, Doctor Hoffman and Layla. Lately, I've noticed that my sense of taste is virtually non-existent. Okay. I realize that one really tastes via their nose, but allergic rhinitis has not been a problem during the summer. I'm 76 and I had much dental work done recently. Mm. I once read that declines in sense of taste could be due to a zinc deficiency. However, I take a wide range of supplements, which include zinc. Well, uh, actually too much zinc can damage uh, too much the can. Nasal, but it, mm. the way that turned up is they had this thing called coldies, and it was like a zinc thing that you'd shoot up your nose. Oh, it was like on a, it was like on a stick. You put it up your nose, and, and mm -hmm. it would damage too much zinc yeah. would damage the olfactory nerve. I don't think the zinc is a big factor here. Mm -hmm. um, people lose their sense of smell as a degenerative process with aging. Uh, sometimes it's related to even antibiotic use. Sometimes it's related to certain medications. He's had a lot of dental work, and that probably required some amount of anesthesia, Novocaine. That could have numbed things. Maybe maybe it's residual reaction to yeah, anesthesia. I, I, I don't know. But mm. it also a little more dire portent, and you don't want to get this guy worried, but uh, there's a correlation between uh, hearing, uh, hearing loss, um, anosmia, which is loss of smell, mm -hmm. and the risk for cognitive decline. Hmm. It's well established. It doesn't mean that everybody who has loss of smell is destined to have cognitive decline. It's just a correlation, and it's sometimes a sign of impending yeah. um, cognitive decline. My question to Michael is, can you smell stuff? If you can smell, that's a good sign. So maybe it's just related to whatever's going on with his taste buds. Well, see, the oh. dental thing would affect the taste buds yeah. on the tongue yes. more likely than the nose. Right. He's, he says... Way. he. He doesn't say that, that he can't smell anything. Oh. He says he can't taste anything. Oh. It's virtually not That's different. That's different. That, that is different. Suggests that maybe there was, you know, dental materials. Yeah. So, Michael, as long as you're able to smell aromas and things, that's fine. But maybe the dental stuff, 
Maybe the brand of toothpaste you're using has been shown to cause some sensations and reactions in people. They're using horrible stuff in toothpaste lately in an attempt to whiten, yeah. really, really whiten yeah. it's and do these other things. So the, yeah. per, the pertinent way to get this worked up is through an ENT, ear, nose, and throat doctor. Right. And I don't know, it might be, even be a subspecialty within ENT, uh, smell and taste disorders. Uh, there is a place that evaluates that. I think don't think they see patients that much. They do research. It's called the Monell Institute in hmm. Philadelphia, M-O-N-E-L-L, mm -hmm. where they've done a lot of research on uh, okay. smell and taste disorders. Michael, are you using a, a toothpaste for sensitive teeth, like Sensodyne? Yeah. That has... Be careful. It's got a little bit of a... Yeah, yeah, so get an evaluation too. from an ENT, ear, nose, and throat doctor who yeah. specializes in smell and taste disorders. Um, and, and see, see what's going on. Down. Right, right. Thank you for your question. And they, and they can test you, you know, just like an eye doctor tests your um, vision. They have very specific tests to see if you have the taste for bitters, salt, you know, different things. Yeah. And also if it's from the smell apparatus, because they actually have like a little library of scents that they give you and they mm -hmm. can... Like like a hearing test, like you know, hearing or an eye test. test. Yeah, they can do that. So okay. it, and it's a problem. It, it's a devastating problem because it when people have that, they lose their appetite. They 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 don't taste anything. They become depressed. Yeah, they don't taste their food. There's yeah. no joy in in yeah. the pleasure of of tasting your food. I, I had that for last week because I had a cold. I had one of those oh, summer yeah. colds. Well, and you I can't was, smell. When you're congested, you, if you can't smell, you can't taste much. And I was eating, but eating for hunger and not for enjoyment. Yeah, not and, for enjoyment. And it was... Filling I was, the void, so right, to speak. Right, and maybe texture, but yeah. I couldn't smell. And the concern I had was, you know, it was like, oh, there's some nice leftovers there, but like, hmm, how would I know if they're even, Any you know... Any good, yeah. yeah. And that's the... That's the danger with many elderly who are losing their ability to smell. Yeah. Is how long has that been in the fridge? You need little, to date things They get things a little disorganized. Now. They're cooking for one. Right. You know, this is a problem. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And for they hate, they're also that, the World War II crew, they hate to throw stuff out. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's just, you know, like the, the, the scarcity mentality the, and everything. The depression mentality. Depression area. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I can't throw it out. It's, it's been there for 10 days. It's like, Think of oh. the children in Bangladesh, my people father. Are start no, it's people are starving, starving in Europe yes. is the way it was. And people were starving in Europe yeah. when we were growing up, or at least when I was growing up. Yeah. People aren't really starving in Europe right. much anymore. They're, yeah. they're maybe, you know, practicing intermittent fasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Self-imposed starvation uh -huh. Uh -huh. for longevity. Wow. Uh, but there, there's always some place in the world where people will be starving. That's we true. We can invoke other places now. But that right. doesn't mean you shouldn't throw out bad food. You should absolutely throw it out. Okay. <laughs> I think we have to call it quits because we're you okay. know, hit, hitting the wall in terms of our time limit. But uh, thanks, folks, for listening. Yes. Uh, support our sponsors. Check us out at Fullscript. That's a place where you can find many of the supplements that we talk about here on Intelligent Medicine. Just go to drhoffman.com. And uh, under, you know, there's uh, the store. store. Mm -hmm. Click on the store. Uh, or you can go to DearHopmanStore.com. That's a separate website for uh, your entree to Fullscript. Check it out. Great stuff there. Professional quality products. Uh, thank you, Layla, for joining us. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. We'll be back next week with more of our weekly Q&A with Layla. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly 
along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.